Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. All right, so why don't we start with prayer? Everybody, you guys want to start with prayer today? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow your word to sink into our hearts, Lord. Build a foundation that we can structure our life on, God. That we'll learn and grow from your word today, God. And enjoy spending time in your presence, God. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, God is so good. And it is great to see some of your faces here today. I'm always excited to be here with you guys. We, we got, yeah, I was talking to Dad. <laughs> so we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, Jan. We got a new person. We got a new old person that's been a part of this from day one. But yeah, Sister Vicky is back with us today. We, so Sister Vicky is back with us today. We're excited about this. This was a dream, guys, again. And this was a dream of ours 10 years ago. Wow, it was so many years ago, we've forgotten exactly how many years ago. But a long time ago, we decided we were going to teach a Bible study and we wanted to reach people who were hungry. And we opened up this room and we got together and we birthed two beautiful souls out of it. And to this day, you guys are still like, you know, Paul, Paul talked about in the Bible about how you guys are my reward. Like even to this day, like you guys are my reward. Like what we do on this life and the lives that we affect and the people that we reach, that's what really matters. You know, I, I want to continue that in our life and we're going to use the gifts of the holy spirit to do so so we're going to we've been we've been digging into it already we talked about what all the holy ghost does in our lives last week how he is the advocate and he is our counselor that's good you know i after i left i was i was continuing to think about that and i'm like our counselor when i'm like god what do i need to do in my life i go to him and he gives me counsel and I've got to trust in that. I've got to believe in that. His word is inside of us. So we walk in that. So we talked a lot about that last week. And it's on the podcast. But I've been continuing in that all week long. We talked about how the word in God. At men's prayer we talked about how in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And then we talked about how in John 14. He said I am in my father and we are one. And I am coming to live in you are going to be one so we've got to we've got to believe that and we've got to trust in the holy spirit in our in our life and in in our head when we hear his voice speaking we've got to listen to that we've got to follow that so that was a little bit of last week today we're going to continue in the gifts of the spirit and i know it's it's I didn't really expect the Bible study to go this way. Every time we hear the gifts of the Spirit, all we really talk about are the five-fold ministry or we talk about the, the speaking in tongues and miracles and diverse and, and prophecy. And we're going to get into all that. But I thought it was really cool how the Holy Ghost has led us last week and this week that the gifts are so much more than that. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit and how they are a gift of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, 
All of these things are what come from the Holy Ghost. And we take lightly these things and we focus more on the miraculous gifts of the Spirit. And that's not what we want to do. We, won't, we don't want to be like the people who followed Christ for the loaves and the fishes. They weren't there to have a relationship with God. They were there because they were getting fed. They were getting what they wanted. And we don't want to be that way in our lives. And I think the way the Holy Ghost has led this Bible study has helped us focus on that. It's not about, oh, raising the dead and healing the sick. Yes, God might call you to do that. And you better be ready. If the Holy Ghost speaks that in my head, I'm going to do that. But more importantly, the Holy Ghost is going to lead us and guide us through our life and have a partnership with us to help us become more Christ-like every day. So that, that's a very big part of what the Holy Ghost does in our lives that we don't focus on because we're focusing on prophecy and we're focusing on healing and we're focusing on the other great things, which are all great things. But in all reality, those are far and in between. I've had miraculous big things happen in our lives. My dad walked out of a wheelchair. My house was a miracle. But those are far in between. Those don't happen all the time. But the little things like God speaking to me and saying, hey, Dan, do this. Hey, Dan, do that. Those are what's important, and those happen on a daily basis. That's me and God's personal relationship. And those are the gifts of the Spirit that God wants us to seek after. That's why, and we're going to get into it, but that's why he talks about love. Me and Brandon have been talking. We're going to tag team a Bible study here after we finish the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to focus on love. And we're gonna, we're gonna, this is going to lead into that, so I'm giving us some vision for the future. But Because without love, none of that's important. And the Holy Spirit is love, and we should be growing in love in our life. And those are little things are what's really important. Showing people around us our love and showing them God's love and being an example of love, some of the most important stuff. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 today. So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard. Or we may drift. Hello, Moto. <laughs> we, we better listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. Or we may drift away from it. That's why it's so important that we continue to do Bible studies. That we continue to go to church. That's why it's so important that we, uh, we spend time in the Word in our lives. Because sometimes, especially after coming out of all this pandemic stuff, there were times that we weren't able to get to a church where someone else could speak the Word to us. And God really showed me how I needed to dig into the Word for myself and get that Word. And here's Hebrews is telling us exactly why. We must be very careful to listen to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Now, I talked about the Word and how important it is to have the Word too, but I also spoke about the Holy Ghost being our Word. It's our Word inside of us. So if this is the truth, that we hear in our lives. This is speaking to that as well. If we don't listen to the Holy Spirit as it speaks in our life, we will drift away from it. It's a practice that we gotta stay in practice of. Reading our Bible, letting God speak to us. This last week at men's prayer, we found a place alone with God. 
Like, it wasn't what we had planned, but God hit me with it and was like, spend time alone in prayer. And we all just focus on letting God speak in our lives. And that's important. We've got to continue that in practice. If we've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we need to learn to listen to Him. We need to be following Him. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. The very violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So no matter what, sin's going to be punished. Sin's going to be dealt with. But we're to follow after the Spirit. So what makes us think we can escape or ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and then delivered to us through those who heard him speak? And God confirmed this message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts. So here, this is what he's talking about. He confirms this great message of salvation through the Holy Spirit. It's a confirmation of... Oh, I lost my spot. It's a confirmation of what God has done through salvation in our life. That's why yesterday at the church I talked about the assurance of salvation. And I read from 2 Corinthians and I read from Ephesians 1 and I read three different places where it says it is a guarantee of salvation. The Holy Spirit in your life is a guarantee of salvation. Now, salvation is not a destination. It's not a place that we're going to end up. That's why I get frustrated when Christians, I say, are you saved? And they go, oh, maybe, I hope so. Well, you, you can't hope, you know whether you're saved or not. It's a situation. God created that situation, but it's up to us to put ourselves in that situation. And we do that through repentance, obedience, baptism, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. But he says here that he confirms that with miraculous signs and wonders and gifts from the Holy Spirit on whoever he chooses to bless with. So we, that is up to the Holy Spirit who these gifts go to. They shouldn't be, we shouldn't be fighting and trying to get certain gifts from the Holy Spirit. That's not up to us. The Holy Spirit's the great physician. We shouldn't be going to our doctor and telling him what medicine we want. We should let them prescribe and take less than they tell us, actually. <laughs> Right. Amen. Exactly. Because no matter what, Jesus said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. He's not putting more on us than we can bear. And we can find ourselves in that position if we're fighting for certain gifts that, we should, that, that aren't even for us. And that's why the Bible says, above all, cherish the gift of love. Because that's the one gift that everybody should work in. Everybody should be practicing it. But the other gifts are, there's like diverse tongues. Diverse tongues is a gift. Now, when people receive the Holy Ghost, it's not the same as diverse tongues. The Bible says when you receive the Holy Ghost, it could be stammering lips and a shaking tongue. I've seen people who've received the Holy Ghost that verbally didn't speak out, but they received the Holy Ghost and you watch their life change. You've seen the fruit in their life. 
But because they didn't hear him speak in tongues, they weren't satisfied with it. So they beat themselves up and they fought and they tried like hard to speak in tongues because that was the gift. But that was one of the gifts. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not the main gift of the Holy Spirit. The main gift of the Holy Spirit is love. That's what Corinthians was talking about. He wasn't saying that we're not, we're not going to speak in tongues anymore. It wasn't what he, he was saying. We're all, yeah, speaking in tongues, great, awesome, it's great. But love, love is the biggest fruit. People are going to know you're my disciples by how you love. They're not going to know you're my disciple because you're wearing a bow tie. You got your hair cut, right? And, and you don't say certain words on Tuesday. That's not what, that's not what determines it. They're going to know. And you do. You can tell that anywhere. You can go to a tribe that does not speak English. And you can walk in there and you can tell in a second whether it's hostile or whether they're friendly. You, they, you cannot say any words to them at all. But you can tell just by their demeanor and how they're acting. Whether or not they're a good person or whether or not they're a bad person. I've been trying to work on that. Because people often think I'm angry and mean, and I'm not. But maybe my demeanor, I'm like, I got to change my demeanor. So, but like, guys at work will be like, like, I'll walk around the corner and they'll be like, put their phone away. And I'm like, bro, I'm the last person you got to worry about with that. Like, if you, if you need something, I'm going to help you. And maybe I should, I'm a boss, so maybe I should be, but I don't care. I'm a Christian first. That's more important. And I've realized that, that the people at my work that I show love to and that I help will work harder and do more for me than they will for the other bosses who are cracking a whip and being mean to them. God's word works no matter where you're at. So let's move on to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy, because we're talking about all these gifts and all this is great, but also we want to talk about how we can receive these gifts through the Holy Spirit. What do you want to say, babe? Now, when we were reading through our devotions, containing um, what gifts to seek after, and then the greatest is to seek after love, but didn't we talk about pray about it and see what is needed for Yeah, yeah, definitely. We might even actually, we might actually get into that, right? Yeah, we're gonna to get to that scripture actually, but but you're right, that's important, very important, because there are certain gifts that are more necessary in a church, and that's the other thing too. You might not practice in a certain gift, and then all of a sudden. God moves you and you're practicing the neck gift whether you want it to or not. Travis, again, I wish he was here today, but uh, Travis Williams was uh, telling me, well, we all experienced it. He walked into our church a couple months ago and prophesied to our pastor in the lobby with all of us standing there, and it was powerful. Like, you talk about crazy. Like, the Holy Ghost fell. We were all in tears, goosebumps, and he spoke to the pastor about pastor being a light to this, to this whole city and... He showed me and Travis how much he loves our pastor, about how much our pastor has a good heart and he's a good man. And it really, it really blew both of us away as well. But it wasn't something Travis was used to. You know, he's never prophesied. I've never, yeah, I've never prophesied like that. Like, that's never happened. 
But it was like when we, when we were there and in that moment, and you know, pastor spoke to us about it. He preached about it, talked about it, how he needed that, how that spoke into his life. And it opened things up in his life that he needed. And, it, and he spoke about how a babe in Christ, and he was like, how dare us call them babes in Christ? I thought we were supposed to be like babes. Was it in the Bible? Yeah, you're right. Jesus did say that. We forget a lot, don't we? Come unto me like a child. That's what God was talking about. Hey, what else did he say? John the Baptist was the greatest man who walked in shoe leather. But the least will be greater than him. And the last in the kingdom will be first. And the people who show up at the end of work get paid the same. So when you, when you look at it all that way, you start feeling like maybe we shouldn't be using words like babes in Christ. Because the spirit gives maturity. And we got to realize that. And the prophet is subject to the, the spirit is subject to the prophet. So the, the spirit is what makes the prophet who he is. It's not that it's not that the prophet is somebody important. The spirit is what makes it important. Him being open and used as a vessel. He's just a vessel. And it's the same thing with Travis. I, again, if he was here, he would tell you that. But he's not here because he's a dirty sinner. See? So <laughs> he's going to hear this on the recording. I'm going to love it. <laughs> no, but he would tell you that he's not important. He would tell you that. And I speak it enough. I'm not important. I'm like, I, I talk for an hour. I'm like, I can't believe people are coming back to listen to me teach more. <laughs> but it's not me. And I told them that. It's not about me. It's the vessel, but it's the Holy Spirit that moves through us. And the more we practice that, we allow that to flow, and we work in that gift and in that ministry, the better. So we, we want to know how do we get these gifts. We should be seeking after them. We should be seeking the right one. The last scripture just told us that the Holy Spirit gives these gifts to whom he chooses. So it's up to the Holy, gift, the Holy Ghost to distribute these gifts. Now we also know that the Bible tells us to pray and seek after those gifts. So we know that it's a partnership with God. Everything's a partnership. The whole reason he made man was because he wanted a partner to work with. We're his bride. We work together. So in we're to pray and seek after these gifts. That's one way we're supposed to seek after. The Holy Ghost will dump gifts on us sometimes whether we, want, whether we know we needed it or not. But here's another way we hear in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear or and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It's funny how in this day and age, those two scriptures are side by side. God was like, spiritual gifts come through the laying on of hands. And I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. So I don't care how scary the world gets. You better not be too scared to put your hands on somebody and bless them with a spiritual gift. That's important. That is one way that we pass the mantle as believers. I, I, taught, I, I did it a couple weeks ago. Brother Carl was up front praying for people. I went up and I was like, pray for me. Because I got this scripture and it made sense to me. And I was like, pass on that blessing to me. The spiritual gifts that you have. Our cup runs over. The, the, the pressed down, shaken, overflowing. I can determine who that overflows on. But I've got to put my hands on them and i got to pray for them. And I gotta, I've got to literally believe that that's what I'm doing is I'm putting some of these spiritual gifts in them. Grace is a, is a gift of the Spirit. 
Grace is the ability to not sin. Mm. Do a study on that. Prove me wrong. <laughs> the more you study into that, the more it'll blow your mind. I did it a month ago and walked away from that. Like, grace is so unbelievable. I looked at grace like it was an umbrella that protects me, which it is. Don't Because grace is so big, it's hard to get it all in your mind. But grace is also the ability to live righteous, which is to live sin-free. Noah found grace in the eyes of God, and he was a righteous man. So grace gives us the ability in our lives to not sin. So when we're having, we see somebody struggling with sin, we're going to go over and lay hands on them and pray for them and impart grace into their life? Or are we going to go and tell somebody else about what we've seen them doing and how terrible of a human being they are? Right, because that's a big thing. We, look, we don't look at it the way we should look at it. Sin is a binding thing. It wraps people up. I talked about it yesterday. The guy who brought his son to Jesus. is like, it's throwing him in the fire. It's throwing him in the water. Sin, it, that's sin. It was a spirit. It wanted to destroy him. Sin will destroy your life. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't tell the kid, why don't you stop acting like that? I wasn't talking to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. But no, Jesus didn't tell the kid that. What Jesus said is he spoke to the spirit and cast the spirit. He was like, we're not going to destroy my kids. You're not going to hurt my, my next generation coming up. And we've got to believe that as well in our life. We've got we've to speak to the evil spirits that are affecting us and the people around us. It is, it is way more Christian to speak to the spirit that's affecting our brothers and sisters and to speak to our brothers and sisters and tell them they need to get their stuff in order. Mmm, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I could teach on that all day. We better move into the gifts before this. <laughs> so let's go on to Romans chapter number 12. Frank, can I ask you a question? Yes. Six and seven. I'm sorry. It's funny though. Because in my notes, I put six through 11, but I only have six and seven. Uh, no, actually, I think this is a uh, New Living Translation. Hey, you know, is that new? It is New Living, right? Yeah, I mean, I was reading Oh, did I? See, I, I go back and forth. I keep King James and I keep New Living. Because here's my thing, and, I, and I've been getting into this a lot lately. Me and my mom have had this ongoing joke. I'll be like, all right, now I'll read it out of the pagan Bible. And she's like, and we, we, we keep this ongoing joke about because I've literally gotten to the point in my life where I like to have a Bible that's a word for word translation in English because that's the language I speak. But more important than that, is I have the translator living inside me. So you can read the Bible in 10 different translations. All of them are saying the same thing. One of them, the Holy Ghost is going to tap on and you're going to be like, oh, I get it. Like for instance, yesterday I was preaching about the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. And I read that scripture and I, I, I the word in the King James for guarantee is earnest. 
And I was like, to me, Ernest is a guy who wears all jeans and makes funny faces. I don't know what the word Ernest really means. I understand what guarantee means. And I moved on with it. Well, brother Carl stood up in the middle of it and was like, wait a minute. Ernest, if you buy a house, Ernest is the money that you give them as a deposit on that house, which means it's yours and legally they can't, nobody can touch it. And I was like, wow, when he, when he, yeah, when he said that, it opened up way deeper than I, than I had seen it originally. And there was the Holy Ghost that was, you know, here, let me show you what it really means. But both translations are saying the same exact thing. You know, so the Holy Ghost will interpret this and give us understanding, and that's what we need. Because again, I talked about it a couple weeks ago about the writer, you know, if you want to know what that book's really about and who, wherever they're going with it, you talk to the author. And that's the same thing. We have the author living inside of us. So we have, when we read our translations, I, I like to stick with ones that are word for word. I don't like getting caught up in the message and some of the ones that are like outlandish. Or even if they think they're adding a lot more, I don't want a lot more added. The Holy Ghost will add that. I, I don't need to hear your Holy Ghost. I have my own. He'll speak. So just give me what the word says and let him interpret it in our lives and then we're all going to grow from it. So I do, I do bounce in between New Living and King James. Only because, yeah. Yeah, only because of the simplicity of the word. Right. That's awesome, though. But you know what? I I have read the New Living Translation. Like I read, I go through it every year. It's always different. So it's like it goes to show you, like different translations are different. And now. Now what I really like to do is I'm a big NLT, so when I hear other people preach and they read a scripture, I read it in the NLT, and I know it's the same, but I'm like, what can I gleam a little bit different from that? But because that's what this, the translation I feel like speaks the best to me. Yeah. Isn't it cool so. you said that a, that a translator is inside of you, the Bible is living and living right, so you read it, and it, and it changes, that's the spirit yeah. inside of you, living and That's so powerful. Because, and you think about it, if you don't be led by the Spirit, that book can be empty to you. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with like Jesus. He spoke to them. He did miraculous signs in front of them and they didn't get it. They walked away like, you're blind. Yeah, you're blind. <laughs> right? So Romans 12, 1 through 21. through 21. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is the reasonable service. So now we know he's going into spiritual gifts here. He's leading into spiritual gifts for a reason and he has to start it off like this. He can't go into the spiritual gifts we can't expect spiritual gifts from God unless we've got things in order. Just like when God talked about, even though he was talking about an evil spirit, leaving and coming back and seeing the house well kept and well clean and then calling his friends in, we've got to clean our house if we want the Holy Spirit to dwell in it. 
Now, again, everything with God's a partnership. So God doesn't expect us just to do it all on our own. He will help us. He'll lead us. He'll show us what needs to be clean. And he'll help us clean it up together. And we should be being led by him, not by other people. Other people will tell me I need to spend the whole day working on my car when God knows I got a mess in the back bedroom that needs to be addressed. So we've got to be led by the Spirit on what we need to clean in our life. But this is important. We need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh, you can sin every day. Well, that doesn't sound like a sacrifice. (laughs) A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Which is a reason, which is your reasonable service. Wow, your reasonable service. God's not asking too much of you. What he's asking from you is not unreasonable. God saying you don't need to drink every night is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. He knows you don't want to wake up with a hangover in the morning. We act like, oh my God, I can't drink tonight. You know, you don't have to drink tonight. Because the Holy Spirit can give you the power to overcome sin. we got to walk in faith. So if I go to the store and buy a bottle of liquor, that's not walking in faith. I just gave that faith right up. Faith is believing that God can take it away from me. So not buying it is faith. Showing God's got me. He's going to take care of me. And I want to be a holy, acceptable offering for him working in the gifts of the Spirit. And do not be conformed to this world. Yes, by the renewing of our minds. So how are we going to be different from the world? Transformation. Changing our minds. We've got to protect our minds. If you're watching everything the world's watching, and you're listening to everything the world's listening, and you're thinking everything the world's thinking, then you're not being transformed. God doesn't want you to spend your time like the world spends their time. Our minds and lives should be in Christ. But he trans wait, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This proves what's the will of God. Everybody who's seen someone live a life transformed for God has realized that that's the will of God. My uncle Ray passed away a few years ago. I can look at his life and see his life was the will of God. I got done and said, I want to have that life. I want to live that life. That's the life God wants for all of his people. We should be representing that. The reason why I want, like I used to try and act like I was being humble by not showing the blessings that God's put in my life. And God's really showed me like, we're proving what is the acceptable will of God. My life is going to be an example. It's going to be a good life. It's, I'm going to have money. I'm going to have toys. I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to prove to people that's what living for God is all about. Living for God is not shaving your head and putting on a robe and going and living in the hills and being a monk. That's not our religion. They spied on the Christians to see how much fun they were having. They were like, what is going on with these people? It's a party every week over there. And it, you know what? Our life is becoming that. I don't know, I don't know, I know everybody in this room has been going through similar things, but our life is becoming that in our house. Like, we teach Bible studies, we move, we're with people, we're with groups, and it's a party. Every night we're doing stuff. Yeah, it gets frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little overwhelming. But in the end of the day, we're with good people, we're having a good time. This is the life people want. They don't have close friends like this and stuff. 
especially coming out of the pandemic, man. We spent like three months. I, we couldn't get people. To, we weren't scared. Me and Katie were crazy. So we weren't scared at all. I'm like, I was like, well, if we die, we're going to go be with Jesus. Like, I'm like out picking gum off by the seats and eating it. No, I, was I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah, we were wild. My kids were like, like, coronavirus in the store. I'm like, everybody's screaming in terror and running. I'm like, look, what I just read a second ago, we weren't given the spirit of fear. I was walking in the spirit of faith from the beginning. I don't care. I don't care if it's a shot or if it's a bite from a snake. I can live if he wants me to live. It's not, it's not up to the devil when I die. I'm going home when he calls me home. And all you guys better be comfortable with it. I don't care if it's a tragic car accident on my way home today. That's not because the devil took me out. That's because God called me home. Apparently, I prepared you guys enough. Someone else is going to teach when I'm gone. We're going to be okay. But that's not the devil winning. Our God wins. The devil wins when a, when a sinner dies. The devil wins, he thinks he wins, when he kills one of his own. That's terrible. But our God's a good God. And he doesn't kill his own. He calls his own to better. Even when we die, it's on to glory. We're not going to be suffering. We're going to be living with the king as his trophy wife. <laughs> his trophy wife. Think about it. We're a trophy that he sets up and we're his bride. We're his trophy wife. <laughs> he takes us back to the garden. Where we sat in the garden, he ran the whole universe, and we sat there, and in the cool of the day, he'd show up and spend time with us. And we just sat there and hung out with him. That's what he wanted, and that's what the devil stole from us with one bite of an apple. And that's why it took his one word of saying, did God really say you die to change mankind? That's why God says, if you believe in me, you'll be saved. The opposite. You believe Satan got yourself all into this mess? How about you believe me now? We'll see where your life goes now. Amen. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So number one, don't think more highly of ourselves than we need to think, but to be think soberly as God has dealt to each one measure of faith. That's pretty powerful there. One measure of faith that we've been given. That means don't think too highly of yourself. We all got the same faith. You don't get more than I get. You don't have more than I have. We all have the same. Now the spirit can move in mighty ways. But the person performing miracles doesn't have more faith than I have. Mmm, that's big, guys. That's really big. He doesn't have more faith than I have. He's, he's allowing the spirit to move through him. That's not based on his faith. I have the same amount of faith in me if I can put that to work in the right way. But we have to have an understanding of how faith works. Man, God, just he just opened this up to me like the last couple weeks. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, when I hear that, I've studied every aspect of this scripture. Faith, okay, substance, thing, it's material, things materializing. And then I got to that word hope, and everything stopped. Because hope is a lot different 
There's a worldly hope and there's a Christian hope that's way different. Worldly hope is a fantasy. Oh, this is good, guys. Worldly hope is a fantasy. I hope I win the lottery. Mm. What are my odds? I already know my odds. They suck. Am I ever going to win? No, I'm not going to win. But I hope. But I got my little hope bottle. That doesn't mean anything. But Christian hope is different. Christians don't have fantasy hope of a false god. Christians have real hope, which is a confidence in the word of God. That's powerful. So my hope as a Christian is my confidence that the Bible says this. Now, now let's talk about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is when I walk knowing the promises of God. He said I won't die. He said I won't fall. He said I won't move. He said I'm going to be good. He said I'm going to be fine. His word says he is a blesser. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. He is the one who's going to take care of our lives. It's not our trouble. It's his trouble. He wins the battle. He gets the That's faith when I'm putting it on that word of God. Man, that's powerful. God hit me with that. And I was like, wow. Because we, okay, faith. Okay, God, I have faith. I'm going to win a million dollars. That's not faith. You, faith is not, I'm going to win a million. Where does the Bible say Dan Tackett gets a million dollars? It doesn't say that. But I can have faith that the righteous will never go hungry. My seed will never beg for bread. That's not me just hoping that Amazon's going to drop off the package that I just want. That's faith because it's based on the hope of God's word, the confidence of God's word. Okay, lost off. For as we have many members of one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. So we're all part of the same body, but we are the actual body of Christ on earth. That's big. And individually members of one another. So we're all connected and we're all part of the same body. The Christ went into heaven and does not have an actual body on earth. So we are his bodies. And by having the spirit moving through us allows God to tap into other body parts that he needs to use at that point in time. My toes may not need to wiggle right now. But if I tell them to, then they're going to do it. But it doesn't make it any less part of my body if I'm not using it. If I close my eyes and go to sleep, my eyes didn't stop being a part of my body. But we're all connected into the body for the reason. And we're all there for when the body needs us. So your eyes may not be being used, but all of a sudden if I see something happen and I attend, now my eyes are the most important thing. Because I'm using it at that point in time. And that's exactly how we should be acting as believers. We all should be plugged into the body. We should all be being ready to be used. It doesn't really matter if we're being used, but we should be ready. That's our point. And then when the body is needed, it'll use you. Okay, I'll use you here. I need you here. I need to use this finger here. But we've got to look at it from that point. Being used is not 
us just getting all the attention. Mm. It's not up to us whether or not we're, when we're being used. It's up to us to be ready to be used. I'm I, like yesterday, Pastor gave me like one day's notice to teach Bible study at church. He called me on Tuesday and was like, "You're teaching." Yeah, and I was like, "I got this. I'll do it." And I hung up and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and but immediately God hit me. And I, he started speaking. I was like, I'm writing away. I got everything ready, put together a PowerPoint, and God worked it out beautifully. And it was 100% it wasn't me. So <laughs> that Bible study was good. You know, I didn't prepare that. I didn't put together some wise speech that I worked on for two hours. I didn't. I let the Holy Ghost show me where he wanted me to go. I wrote him down, and then I walked the path with him. And it was allowing him to work through me and use me. But it was me. I had to be ready to be used. But if I wouldn't have been me, if it would have been pastor teaching, it wouldn't matter. Because the job's getting done. The body's being used. And I wouldn't have cared if it was me up there teaching or if it was him up there teaching. What matters is that the word is going forth. The word is being used. So we've got to, as believers, we, people get caught up on certain things that they want to be involved in that's not you know that's not that's not what's the important the importance is that the whole body is healthy and strong that's important and oh here we go and when i see a problem in the body i can be that member because we're all given the same measure of faith that's good so when i see oh man i'm a i'm a related to the body so it sounds silly but man you know what he could really use some fingernails right now because his back's itching. I'm going to be that fingernail to the body. If I see the church is lacking in the children's ministry, I can either go and talk about it or I can be that member. Fill in the gaps that the body needs done. Because we are the body. We're the body. And that, that hit me strong. This is our church. If I see something, I'm going to do it. If I, if I see an opening, I'm going to fill it. If worst case scenario, they come up and say, hey, we don't need you to do that. Please stop doing that. I'm like, okay, well, now I'll go over here and do this. If worst case scenario, I'll take the trash out. Someone needs that, right? I need something. And we've got to, we can't sit back and say, well, I'm part of the body. I don't know what to do. Brandon walked in our church and was like, this place needs a facelift. He got up there and painted and caulked the walls. You being part of the body, you filled in that body part where they needed that. Somebody wasn't doing it. Somebody needed it. We can be that part. We're all giving the same measure of faith. We're all conserved in the gaps that we see. And there's a big thing about, are you paying attention to me? I talk to the baby in every one of my podcasts. Everybody online has got to, I got to point that out. That was to a baby. It wasn't to the adults in the crowd. <laughs> But we, we've got to fill in these gaps that we see in our church. We're the body. That's important. All right. So having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. So this is another big part of it. We can fill in there, but we should also fill in the areas that were needed. If I would have went there and tried to fix some of the holes in the walls, it might not have looked as good as Brandon's. I'm not blessed in that area. God blessed me to speak. I speak. You know, but that's my grace. That's my given. Other people have different talents in other areas. You know, So we've got to use that based on that. And thank God he gave us leaders over us to help us identify those gifts. Trust in the leaders that are above you. Especially we've got loving leaders that are over us. They love us. They want to help us. Make, and if you don't find a leader over you who loves you and wants to help you, that's what's important. 
It doesn't, they love you and they want to take care of you. They're going to speak into your life for that reason. We have, we have the Spirit, which is one form of voice in our life that we should learn to listen to and we should obey and we should follow. But the Spirit is supernatural. He can tell you to jump a mountain. Sometimes you got to figure out how you're going to do it. And it's the way it works. The Bible is another form that speaks and they'll always unite. The Spirit's never going to speak something to you that's not aligned with the Word of God. It is the Word of God. So it's going to be aligned. But He also gave us a man of God in our life for a reason. That third voice is very important because the third voice is natural. It's the only voice that's flesh. And He's part of the members. He's part of the body of Christ. So He's also the Word. But he sees things in the natural form. For instance, when Jesus was on earth, he fed people when he was down on earth. He knew, okay, I know they're hungry. I'm feeling hungry. Let me feed you because you're hungry. When he's in heaven, he's a supernatural being. He, he uses his body on earth to feel our needs out on earth. So he'll use your pastors and your ministers in your life to say, you know what? Okay, you got to settle down in this guy. For instance, even just carrying a burden. I heard Brother Subaru was preaching about, he's like, I've seen people in my church, they're on their face praying for hours. I'll come in and tell them, get up and go home. And they're like, but I'm praying, I'm carrying this burden. You're done. You physically can't take it anymore. The spirit's subject to the prophet, go home. You, someone else can carry the burden, you can come back and pray later. Pick it up in a little bit. But the pastor understands the physical needs of that person. Holy Ghost is supernatural. He's explosive. Remember, the, when the priests went into the holiest, the holiest, if they weren't, they died. They drug them out. Because that's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. We've got to make sure that we've got people around us to keep us protected so we don't die in the holiest of holies. That's why a man of God is very important in our lives. All right, so having different gifts, make sure we use them properly. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So if we're going to prophesy, we're going to speak out according to how much faith we have. Or ministry, let us minister. Or teaching, let us teach. Or exalt, let us exalt. Guys, that's a ministry. You know there are certain people that you can hang around that will lift your spirits? That's a ministry. We need that. You can watch people who are dark. You can watch people who are dark and covered with darkness and you can watch someone come in and brighten their whole day and they uplift them. God loves us. That means he wants us happy. He doesn't want us to live miserable lives. So this is a gift of exhorting people around us. If we give with liberty and he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, now he's going to go into some of the most important things. Let love be without hypocrisy. If we're going to love, we're going to really love. Don't act like you love people, but you really don't like them. Oh, I bless their soul. Man, did you see her? <laughs> love like we really love. Why not love? We're all made in the image of God. So if you don't love his image, you don't love him. Arbor what is evil Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lacking in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Now, that's what we produce in this room, guys. The brotherly love and the fellowship that we feel in this room. 
You can't get that anywhere else. You can't find that at a bike club. You can't find that at a bar. You can't find that at your work. God knows that. You know, work's <laughs> a dark place sometimes. <laughs> but we find that in the church and in the body of Christ. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Continuing in prayer, nonstop. Prayer should be an ongoing thing. People go, you know, we get up in the morning and we, we kneel on the bed and we pray for a half hour and then we go about our day. That's not how prayer should be, guys. We should have time for, for, for poignant prayer. There are times when I'm carrying a burden that I've got to lock myself away and I've got to pray for this burden. That's, that's important too. But prayer should be a continual thing. Walking in the Spirit is a continual thing. Listening to the flow of the Holy Ghost and speaking to God and continuing that conversation with God in your hair, in your hair, in your head, or in your hair, I guess. Technically in your hair. But carrying on that conversation in your head with God is continual prayer. That's important. Distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. What do we curse? There are things we can curse. Bible says. Bible says what you curse will be cursed in heaven. What you loose will be loose. So we can curse things, but what do we curse? We curse sickness, disease. I can curse evil spirits out of my life. And believe me, I will. An evil spirit comes after my son. I'm not just going to be like, please leave me alone. I'm going to curse you in Jesus' name. If you don't get out of my house, God will send an archangel to cast you into the pit. That is a curse on that evil spirit. And it better know I'm not scared to curse it. I'm full of the Holy Ghost fire and power. I'm going to walk in the ways of God. And he didn't play games with the spirits either. They begged him from the minute they seen him because they knew how aggressive he was. They were like, please don't punish us before our time, God. Let us go into the pigs. Anything. They better be just as scared as us because we are the body of Christ. We just talked about the armor of God. We just talked about how we are warriors for Christ. That's how we're warriors for Christ. You're not warriors for Christ by cursing people who persecute you. It's not the people who are persecuting you, that's the problem. It's the evil spirit telling that person to curse you, that's the problem. So we'll speak to the spirit, not to the person. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. That means try to be connected with the people around you. Don't, don't not, well, oh yeah, he's going through a hard time, whatever. Oh, well, this guy celebrate. I'm going to celebrate. No, we're going to rejoice and we're going to celebrate together. We're going to be together. If you call me and you tell me some good news, I'm happy to rejoice with you. If you call me and tell me bad news, I'm not going to hang the phone up on you and say, I don't want to talk to you. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to be sad with you. It's going to hurt my heart. I'm like, Man, I'm going to pray for it with you. We're going to carry the burden together. We're going to be of the same mind. That's what the point of it is. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Babe, can't you turn on the AC? Reply. No, it's not just you. Reply. No one. Repay. Repay no one evil for evil. That's big. If someone does something bad for me, I don't get to get revenge back. I got to let it go. 
and then turn around and keep loving. Because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. So this, again, these are speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. By allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives, we're going to live lives like this. But we've got to recognize that the Holy Spirit as a counselor is what's leading and guiding us down this path. Holy Spirit's not worrying about getting you saved. You're already saved. Now he's trying to help you be a part of the body of Christ on earth. Mmm, that's good. And that's never not important. The whole point of salvation was so we could be a part of that body. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, therefore. But we should even want to have mercy on our enemies. What did Christ say when he was hanging on the cross? Forgive them, they don't know what they did. Please don't punish them, God. My mom always told the story about one time I told all my brothers for doing something wrong and then asked her to spank me instead of them. <laughs> that's godly. That's, that's, the, that's the level of God. So, yeah, somebody does something wrong. We, we, even though God's going to repay them, I'm still wanting to pray mercy into the life. God, whew, I don't know why they just said that. Please don't hold them accountable for that. If you're in, and this is what it's talking about by saying that. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, help heat coals of fire on his head. And do not be overwhelmed by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, in doing so, will heat coals of fire on his head. You know, we read that, I used to think, Oh, so you see, if I'm good to them, basically making them mad, <laughs> it worked out. But on the day of Pentecost, they had fire over their heads, right? Yeah. So what if that scripture is meaning that? By feeding them and by giving them something to drink, eventually you're putting coals up there that can catch on fire and they can be filled with the Holy Ghost and be a believer with you. No, I don't know for sure. I'm not saying that's 100% what it's saying, but I'm saying I think that's a funny coincidence in the Holy Ghost when that's really what we want to have happen. Because if someone's being stupid and harmful and unloving and hurtful towards me, what's going to stop them from being that way? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, right. So, I mean, I'm sure you know this, okay? Yeah. But back in those days, so what you would do, like let's say you came to my house and you visited my house, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were leaving so what I would do is I would take coals from my hot fire and I would wrap them up and you would carry them home in a thing on your head. And so when you went home, Very you good. already had that fire. So you could go to your mantle and your home could be warm. Wow. So what you're doing, you're saying, you're sharing. look, you you are jerks. But nonetheless, I want you to go home and be at peace. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. That's powerful, guys. And that is the Christian way to be. I don't want to punish my enemies. No, no, it is the Holy Ghost. That is the Holy Ghost. I feel it. But that it's the truth. 
And that's that's a very powerful way. That's exact, and that, that's literally. I was thinking of real spiritual, but that's literally the same thing. That's saying the same thing. We can offer salvation and comfort to the people around us by being loving. And it's so true. You know, I, I, the other day at work, me and this guy got into it at work. And he was, I love him. I love everybody. But he, he he's, me being a boss, sometimes it's like people want to see your teeth. So they poke you with a stick until you finally get mad enough to rebite the stick off. And then you're like, ah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. You know? But, I, but we were in the middle of this heated moment and we were fighting and I was, I was fighting back with him. Like I was calling him stupid. I, I, was, I felt bad afterwards. I was like, come on, Dan. But he was yelling at me and like it was getting heated. And finally at one point, I stopped and I looked at him and I said, bro, like, do you really think I want, I'm trying to hurt you? Like at the end of the day, bro, like I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm the boss, but I don't want to hurt you. Like, I want to I want to bless you. I want you to do good things. And immediately, that conversation switched. Like, he immediately saw that I actually cared about him as a person. And no longer was it about the fight that we were fighting. It was like, yeah, you're right, Dan. You're right. You are a good dude. You do care about me. Now, if I didn't care about him, I wouldn't have even stopped and said that. But I actually do care about him. He's, he's a human being. He's a man. He's made in the image of God. It's my job to love him and care for him. But... In that moment, though, it was this, this scripture brought up that, that in my mind because that's what we did in the middle of this fight, in the middle of this heated argument. I stopped and I offered him a glass of water. Hey, bro, I care about you. I know we're fighting. I know, I know we're heated. You're saying stupid things. He was saying stupid things. Don't get me wrong. He was saying things that the other people standing around in the argument were looking at him like, you're saying that to Dan? Like, Dan's one of the great guys here. But in, by me doing that, stopped. It comforted him. And he was like, all right, you're right, man. And then we apologized, both of us, for what we said. <laughs> I, was, I wish I'd had, you know, one of the guys in my area came back to me the next day and he goes, man, you handled that really good, Dan. And I was like, well, I wish I'd handled it better. <laughs> I wish I'd have done that before I lost my cool. But in the end of the day, you know, and maybe that's why God, you know, he showed me that in that process. In the middle of that heat, we've still got to be caring for our enemies. So, throughout this scripture, it talked about prophecy. It talked about ministry. These are some of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you a list here for everybody taking notes. The list of these, that this is just what Romans dealt with in this past couple scriptures here. It talked about prophecy. It talked about ministry. Teaching exhortation giving leading and showing mercy am i saying that way too fast for you guys i'm so sorry where did i'll go again prophecy <laughs> prophecy is number one ministry is number two number three is teaching teaching is a gift of the spirit being able to teach people around you not only like this in bible study also in real life when when the neighbor's kid comes over and goes, man, I'm having trouble with my life with this. And you go, hey, you know what? If you're honest, honest things will happen to you. That's a teaching moment. It doesn't always have to be for an hour and a half like I torture you people with. It could be a five-minute little word from God in somebody's life, but it's a gift of the Spirit. Teaching people around us is part of that ministry. Exhortation, lifting people up around us, that's a gift of the Spirit. We've got to be part of the body. 
So we've got to be ready to do that. I'm not going to be ready to do that if I wake up in a bad mood and I stumble into your grouchy. I, I listened to a minister one time that talked about making yourself happy, and I really needed to hear that. He talked about making, he was like, you know what? He said, every day this week, buy yourself something, a treat, something sitting next to the bed that when you wake up will make you happy. So I went out. So I went out for a week. What did you say? I was cleaning up wrappers for I was going to say what I really did. I, I literally went out and I bought myself amazing donut for like every morning for like five days. Probably, I don't, I don't know how, I probably gained a lot of weight. But bless the Lord, I was doing his work. But in all honesty, though, the concept was there. And the concept was really true. Make yourself happy when you get up. That's being ready to exalt people around you. Giving. Giving. Oh, what a perfect time for this. Giving, guys. And giving is something that we do and we practice in our life. This is, this is a ministry that we are involved in, and what we do for other people helps what we need in our lives. Everybody knows I've been talking about God's gonna give me a church. God's gonna give me a church. He's been prophesying that. I don't know how he's gonna work it out. He's gonna have to work it out. Hey, my job. But he's gonna give me a church, and I'm gonna be ready for that. And then here I have an opportunity to bless somebody who's building a church in our area. They had, they've got a building that was condemned. They've been building it back up and they're trying to fix everything up and get this church open and back spreading the word of God. That's important to me. That's important to God. That's important to all of us. So they've got everything going now. They've got it all set up. They're, they're down to trying to collect for their closing costs. So she asked us if we would pray over this. Not that, because that's number one, pray over it. Let's pray that God will bless this because God's got more money than I do, right? <laughs> but I also want to, to plant a seed in this and I want my seed to grow. I want to be able to give towards this. Now, I know this week we showed up last minute. So why don't we do like they did in the Bible and let's take a week and let's go through this week and let's pray about this and let's show up next week. We got some offering envelopes. We're going we're gonna to do it all in front of you guys. So everybody knows that everybody Legit, but we'll seal the envelopes. Yeah, we'll seal the we'll seal the gift, and we'll give it to Sister Charlie, and we'll let her bless their ministry with it, because that's that's a very big part of this, guys. Yeah, yeah. If you feel led to give today or something, I mean, that's definitely an option. But I I know that with last minute, it would be nice for us to leave, think about it. I don't want cheerful givers. We don't want people giving because they give. I want to give because I'm happy about it. I want, honestly, hey, in all honesty, like, take a week to think about it. Tie your, your blessing to your seed. Tie it to that. Believe this is for this. I'm going to bless them. God, how much should I give? Talk it out with God. Let him talk to you about what's important. Because God knows what's important. He's not going to ask you to give more than you should. And he's not going to, going to let you get away with giving less than you can. <laughs> So, giving is a big part of that. I'm glad we wrapped that into this. And then leading. Leading is a big part of that. I tell my sons every week at Bible study to be the leaders, and I'm very proud of you guys today. You did great. Be a good example to the kids around you. Help them continue to be good. As Christians, we're called to do that. 
And the very last point is showing mercy. Wow. That is a gift of the Spirit. Someone comes over to your house and accidentally breaks something that you love, you shouldn't pick them up and kick them out and treat them like garbage. We should be showing them mercy. And it's the same thing with people in our lives. If someone comes over to us and says, man, I'm struggling with this sin, guess what? God's got you. He can put mercy on that. You can be forgiven. Don't continue in it. Get out of it. Let's grow. Let's move on. Let's stop sinning. Let's become who God wants us to be. But I'm going to show you mercy, and I'm not going to. You know, I had a guy at my work. He, show, he shows up late, like almost every day. And, he, and he, every time, he's like, bro, I'm sorry. And I'm like, for one, I, I was under the understanding he was going to show up late because he goes to school. So I don't really care. But I'm like, bro, like, I was like, I don't know why you're, like, I'm not trying to be dumb, but, like, you don't have to apologize to me for this. I don't care. Now, the bosses up front might have a problem with it. And I told them that. They might want to come out here and have a little chit-chat with you about it. But that's not my role here. My role is to make sure you got what you need, you can do your job, and you're never going to complain about not having something because I'm here. So that's my job. And that's exactly how I feel about being a believer, especially dealing with God's children. They're not my children. I'm not spanking God's children. That ain't going to happen. If someone spanks my kid, I'd lose my mind on them. You better come talk to me. Why don't you spank them? You know? And it's the same thing with God's kids. We don't want to be that people. So I will gladly tell you what you need to do. Hey, dad's going to be mad you do that. But it's not my job to spank you. He's going to take care of that. So that gives me the amazing ability to show mercy. When someone's doing something stupid, I can tolerate it. That's okay. I love you anyways because you're not offending me. You might want to have a talk with him. And I'll lead you and I'll give to you and I'll help you understand these things. But in the end of it all, we're going to show mercy. We're going to be loving. So let's end in prayer today. Jesus, Lord, touch our hearts and minds, God. Thank you so much for spending time with us and helping us understand what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, God. That we will continue to walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit, God. And let you make our lives better than we could ever make it, God. We thank you for blessing us, for loving us, for accepting us, and making us your own, God. We worship you and we thank you for spending time with us in the garden today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.